0: Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, we come before you as we've just sung, singing praises to your name and glorifying your name because your name and you are the only thing that are worth praising, that are deserving of our worship. And we offer that to you this morning together. We pray that as we do so, our minds will be focused on you. Uh, You are truly a good God that gives good gifts. We've studied this week about your promise of heaven, but so much more even just in our daily lives. You bless us richly. Often when we don't deserve it, and we thank you for that. We ask this morning that you be with those of our number who are sick. There are several things that are on our hearts and minds that have been spoken and prayed in our classrooms, and uh, we ask that you be with each one of those situations that you would... Bring healing, that you would return these people to uh our number to uh serve and worship alongside soon. We ask that you continue to bless this weekend of service that we are engaged in. We saw and read examples of Jesus. Uh, Serving his disciples, the people around him, and as followers of him, we seek to to do the same. We pray that uh, as we serve our community that we would uh, cause people to seek you, to be curious, to want to know more, and that through that more people, more souls will be. Brought to you, will recognize you as our God and our Lord and our Savior. We pray especially this morning for uh, the situation in the Ukraine, Father. As that continues, uh, it it weighs on us. Uh, it weighs on us because uh, folks are uncertain. If they'll have to go, if they'll have to uh, be in harm's way, as and that it, it makes us anxious, it makes us concerned, and we pray that you would uh, one be with that situation to show up big, to to bring resolution there, but also to comfort those uh, individuals who are concerned about. That real threat, uh, we ask that you be with us as uh, we continue to worship this morning. Uh, we know that when we gather together to worship you, whether two or three are gathered, that you are here with us. we're not just uh, doing this together as a body, but that you are part of that body, and we pray that as we do that. Uh, everything we do and say this morning is pleasing to you and focused on you. I pray all this through your Son, Jesus' most holy name. Amen.
1: Today's scripture reading will be from John thirteen, fifteen through 17. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than one who sent him. If you know these things,
2: blessed are you if you do them.
1: Number 583. Five hundred and eighty-three. Sing to me of heaven, we'll sing the first second verses of this song. Five eighty-three. Sing to me of heaven, sing that song of peace. From the tools that bind me, it will bring release. Burdens will be lifted that are pressing so. Showers of great blessings o'er my heart will flow. Sing to me of heaven, let me fondly dream of its golden glory, of its pearly gleam. Sing to me when shadows of the evening fall. Sing to me of heaven, sweetest song of all. Sing to me of heaven as I walk alone, dreaming of the comrades that so long have gone. In a fairer region among the angel throng, they are happy as they sing that old sweet song. Sing to me of heaven, let me fondly dream of its golden glory, of its pearly gleam. Sing to me when shadows of the evening fall. Sing to me of heaven's sweetest song of all. I'm going to call an audible here since uh, the next song is not... It was only on a paperless hymnal. Actually, just a page over, five hundred and eighty-five. Soldiers of Christ arise, let's stand. We'll sing. Soldiers of Christ Arise here. <clears throat> Soldiers of Christ, arise And put your armor on Strong in the strength which God supplies Strong in the strength which God supplies Through his beloved Son Strong in the Lord of hosts Stand in his mighty power. Who in the strength, who in the strength of Jesus trust Who in the strength of Jesus trusts is more than conqueror? Stand then in his great might. With all his strength in but but take to arm you for the fight, but take to arm you for the fight, the pan, O plea of God. Leave no unguarded place, no weakness of the soul. Take every virtue, virtue, every grace, take every virtue, every grace, and fortify the whole. That having all things done, and all your conflicts past. You may, or come, through you may or come through Christ alone, You may or come through Christ alone and stand, entire at last. Please be seated. There will be an invitation song, number 784. 784. If you will, go ahead and mark your book. We'll have that song after Andy's lesson.
2: Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Glad that we can be here together and worship God, even if we have to use the books to do it. It's been a while probably since as a congregation we have done that, but it is good to worship God, sing praises to His name, and glorify Him. It has been a wonderful weekend. If you have been a part of our Love Where You Live weekend yesterday, as it's already been mentioned, we have... Uh, four different service projects. Uh, we went down to uh, the mission and we uh, fed some folks there. We went over to uh, Happy Haven Children's Home and cleaned up a good bit of their uh, property there and, and made it uh, look a little nicer uh, for those folks who are uh, a part of that. I uh, had a group that went over to the Foster Closet, uh, which if you're unaware, a foster, the Foster Closet is a place where uh, families who are fostering children can go there and, and get whatever they need for those kids uh, at any time. Uh, and then we had one more that, of course, slips my mind right this second. Anybody remember? Sycamore, there you go Sycamore elementary school uh, went over there did some painting and cleaning up of the school to bless bless that school we have two more today and as was mentioned if you uh, if you can we're cer- certainly still welcome to be a part of the two that we have today cleaning up in Enzer Park and uh, doing the other ones that we've got going on also have the pregnancy cleaner ple- pregnancy center uh, drive that you can be a part of that will actually end on Mother's Day uh, so we've got a few weeks to be a part of that and if you can't do any of those I want to tell you about another opportunity that you have uh, probably on the, the area where you picked up a Bulletin, or if you didn't pick up a bulletin, uh, right out here in our our foyer area, towards the back, where the bulletins are, and also in the baskets in our front foyer, uh, we have two sheets of paper. Uh, One of them is all of the missionaries. We've got about 20 of them uh, in the country of Nicaragua. And we'd love for you to to write them a note just to tell them thank you for the work that they're doing. It actually on that sheet it has how many studies that they've had last year, how many baptisms they've had. Uh, It tells you a good report on what is going on in Nicaragua. So we want to encourage them. And then we also have another sheet that has all of our Kids Avenue kids' names on it. Has the names of all those uh, kids that are in sixth grade and below. Doesn't have any other information, but it's got their names. If you want to write them a note. Do you remember when you were a child and you got mail in the mailbox and how cool that was? You know, before you realized that bills come in the mailbox, right? Uh, I think that, that probably our kids would love to have a note written from you. So if you have access to Breeze as a member here, uh, then you can go ahead and put their address on and You can ship it in the mail to them. If you don't have that and you want to write them a note, you can bring those into the office and we'll make sure they get where they need to go. Uh, love Where You Live Weekend. This morning, we're going to talk about what does Jesus have to say about service. Now, spoiler alert, uh, he says it's pretty important, okay? You already know that. And I'm glad that we've had the Love Where You Live Weekend, but let me just tell you that my hope is and the hope of the the shepherds here, the leadership here, is that this Love Where You Live weekend doesn't stop today. This is supposed to serve as a catalyst or an encouragement for us all to improve our serve and improve our service every day as a group to do that, as families to do that, and as you as an individual to do that. And and that's really what we're going to look at. How important is it for us to serve God? How important is it for us to serve others and therefore serve God. You know how important it is, but let's talk about it and think about it and consider what Jesus has to say about it this morning. This morning we're going to be in two books of the Bible. We're going to be in uh, Matthew, uh, and we're also going to be in the book of John. Uh, there may be some folks here who are unfamiliar with these things. unfamiliar am familiar with the Bible, so I want to tell you about these. There are four books in the New Testament called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are named after the people who wrote them, uh, and each of them... Tells the story of Jesus or the gospel. So we're going to look at, uh, if you want to know about Jesus, about what he did while he was here on earth, those are the books that you would go to, those first four books of the New Testament. Matthew is a tax collector, which means he would have been uh, someone that was uh, Jewish by, by ancestry. His parents would have been Jewish, and his grandparents and grandparents and grandparents, they would have all been Jewish. But he had, in essence, the way that he would have been looked at in the first century is that he betrayed the Jews and is working for the conquering Romans. So let me just stop there for a second and tell you that's a proof of the importance and the message of the Bible. If you and I were to make up a story and to pick people to, to write about whatever our made-up story was, we would try to find people who were important, people who were respected, people who we, people would look at and say, yeah, I want to hear what that person has to say. Matthew was none of those things. He was a betrayer of the Jewish people. He was a tax collector. Nobody likes a tax collector, right? Even today. No one wanted to know what Matthew thought. But Matthew walked with Jesus. And he wanted us to know what happened in Jesus' day. And then we're going to look at John. John wasn't a tax collector, but he was a fisherman. He wasn't exactly uh, very well educated. He wasn't scholarly by any means. He was just a guy that uh, his, his dad was also a fisherman. Uh, and maybe, maybe his granddad was a fisherman. Maybe for generations his family had been fishermen. Uh, and that's, that's what they did, but we know that he was a fisherman, and he would go out, and he was a hard-working guy. He was a blue-collar guy, so, so maybe there would be a little bit of respect there, but, but lots of people, if you're looking for an expert, John's not the guy that you would have gone to. But these two men tell us about the most important man who ever walked the face of the earth. So let's consider three things this morning as we think about what does Jesus have to say about service. The point number one is wishing to become great. It's in Matthew chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 20. Again, if you're here and and maybe you don't have a Bible, there's some black books in the pew in front of you. If you want to turn there to Matthew chapter 20, if you don't know where that's at, it's on page 825 in our black Bible. So go ahead and turn there. That'll make it easy for you. Matthew chapter 20. Let's read about uh, wishing to become the greatest. Now let me uh, step back just a little bit. Matthew chapter 20 verses 17 through 19. Jesus is about to go to Jerusalem. It's going to be the last week of his life. And he has told his apostles, not for the first time, but for One of many times before this, he's telling them, hey, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to die. And I'm going to be resurrected. And guess what? Just like all the other times he's told them, they don't get it. They don't understand. And they're frustrated by that. So that's the the setting for what we're going to start with here in Matthew chapter 20. And let's read verses 20 through 23. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons. Now, her sons are James and John, the guy that we talked about earlier. And they bowed down and made a request of him. And he said to her, What, do, what would you wish? What do you wish? And she said to him, Command that in your kingdom these two sons of mine sit on your right and on your left. But he, Jesus answered and said to her, you, you don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? That I'm about to drink? And remember, he's talking about going and dying. Then they said to him, we are able. He said to them, my cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. So let me, let me try and uh, put this in, in maybe a way that you might relate to a little bit better. Uh, this is uh, the teacher's pet coming to the teacher and asking for a favor. James and John coming to Jesus and asking for a favor. This is uh, the the mom of the, the sports team coming to the coach and saying, Hey, my kid needs more playing time. Now, if, if that's you, mom, sorry, uh, but I'm using you as an example. This is, this is the mom who comes to the, to the coach whose kids isn't playing as much as, as, as she would like and says, hey, coach, why isn't my kid starting? Why isn't my kid pitching? Why isn't my kid doing this or doing that? This, this mom, and, and probably just wanting what's best for her sons, James and John, says, hey, Jesus, we know that you're a king. We know that you're going to have a kingdom. And when you come to your kingdom, when you sit upon your throne, Jesus, can one of my sons sit on the right hand and one of my sons sit on the left hand? Can they have these places of honor, these places of significance? And Jesus says, hey, you really don't know what you're asking for, but even if you did, that's not within my power to give. Now, Jesus is with the other apostles, and clearly there are some other people there because uh, their, their mom is there. But notice the, the reaction of the other apostles, starting in verse 24. After hearing this the ten became indignant with the two brothers they're upset about this they they see James and John and maybe they maybe they overhear the conversation or maybe you know one of them hears it and then you know how that happens right they're going that one who heard it's going to come back to the other ones you're going to say did you hear what James and John said to Jesus can, can you believe that that they had the, the audacity to, to ask to, to sit on the right and on the left can, can you believe these guys and they're upset they're angry So Jesus teaches them a lesson. And he teaches them a lesson uh, specifically about those who would be in secular leadership, okay? Maybe not religious leadership, but just kind of a a general leadership lesson that he teaches them, okay? And and uses these people as an example. Look at verse 25. But Jesus called them to himself. So he calls all the twelve, all the apostles, including James and John. And he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercised authority over them. But it's not this way among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give us life a ransom for many. He says, look guys, you're Jewish. You've been conquered by the Romans. You've been conquered by these Gentile leaders. and, And you know what kind of leaders they've proved to be. They, they look and they say, you have to honor me. And they, and they lord it over you. They really, they really put the squeeze on you. Make sure that you give them all the money that they can get. And they get all the authority they can get. They get all the honor that they can get. And they just, they just take and take and take from you. But it's not going to be that way among my people. The greatest among my people will be a servant. And the first, the most important, shall be a slave. You see, Jesus' idea of the importance of service, the importance of leadership, the importance of greatness is the exact opposite of what the world would say. Now, as I said, he's going to Jerusalem and starting in Matthew chapter 21 we read about the last week of Jesus' life. And Matthew 21 starts with the triumphal entry. You remember that he gets on the colt of a donkey and he's walking in and they lay down the palm branches in their coats and and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to God in the highest. And you remember that's on Sunday and you remember by by Thursday he's arrested, by Friday he's crucified and he's dead. And Saturday, a, a week from this day that we've just read about, a week from now, Jesus will be in a tomb. Dead. So I want you to consider in the last week of Jesus' life, he talks about the importance of service three times. And I think this emphasizes just how important service is for us. He talks about it here with James and John. Now let's go over to Matthew chapter 23 and let's look at verses 1 through 7. Matthew 23 verses 1 through 7. He's talking about here the wrong kind of leadership, but he's going to be talking about religious leaders. Okay, people who would lead within the church, would lead within God's people. Specifically, he's talking about the Pharisees here in Matthew 23, verses 1 through 7. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. So he's there in Jerusalem, people are following him as they always did, and he speaks to them saying in verse 2, "...the scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses, in this place of authority. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe." But do not do according to their deeds, but for they say things and do not do them. We see the bad leadership just within that statement. Notice what else he says in verses 4 through 7. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move so much as a finger. That's a horrible leader. Verse 5. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. For they brought in their phylacteries and linked in their tassels of their garments. They loved the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogue and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. Now, some of us who are familiar with Pharisees, none of this surprises us. Some of us who are not, this might surprise us a lot. These are the religious leaders of the day. The most powerful, the most significant, uh, the, the people that when you want to know something about God, you would go to the Pharisees. Okay, they place themselves in the seat of Moses. They, they know God's word in the Old Testament and they are, are declaring God's word. And Jesus says, whatever they tell you, whatever they declare to you from God's word, hey, you need to make sure that you follow that. But don't live like they lived. Don't be people like they were. Don't be people who, who, who stand up, and I've got to be careful with this, who stand up in front of people and say, hey, you ought to live this kind of life. But then they don't live that kind of life at all. Do what they tell you to do from God's Word, but don't live like they show their faith is, which is not really very close to God at all. Notice the contrast of what Jesus says how his leaders should be in verses eight through twelve. Now there's some there's some interesting things here in verses eight through twelve that, that sound very odd to us, but what I want you to notice most importantly is the contrast. Remember they had the Pharisees, they they love the respectful greetings, they love the seats of honor, they love being called rabbi or teacher, they they just love all of the pomp and circumstance that comes along with this position that they have. They they're they're relying upon the position to give them the honor that they really don't deserve. You hear me? Do we know anybody like that in our jobs? Do we know anybody like that in our families? Do we know anybody like that in our community? Are there people like that in the church sometimes? Absolutely. Who rely upon the position to give them the honor that they don't deserve. Notice the contrast starting in verse 8. But don't be called rabbi. For one is your teacher. And you're all brothers. Don't call anyone on earth your father. For one is your father. He who is in heaven, don't be called leaders, for one is your leaders, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Now there's questions about, okay, well can I call my dad, father, can can I be called a teacher, can I be called a leader? Uh, does that mean just in the religious setting, or does that mean in a work setting too? And, and there's all of that, but do you see the contrast the Pharisees, these leaders who have placed themselves in the position, they demand the honor that their lives don't back up. And he says, hey, you don't worry so much about the position. You don't worry about the titles. You don't worry about all the honorific things. You just be who you need to be. You just be servants. Don't exalt yourself, but instead humble yourself. And he promises us that whoever humbles himself, they will be exalted. And then let's look thirdly in John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Again, if you're in your uh, pew Bibles, that's on page 900. John chapter 13. And let's look at this uh, last passage. And this is, we've looked at uh, what does it mean to become great? And what Jesus says, well, if you want to become great, you've got to be a servant. We've looked at uh, the greatest among you. Well, if you're going to be the greatest among Christians, you're going to be the greatest servant there is because that's what greatness is in Christianity. And then we have in John chapter 13, the greatest example. And the greatest example, of course, is Jesus. John chapter 13, they're in the upper room. Remember, this is still the last week of Jesus' life. We went to a different book, but still the same time frame. This is that Thursday night before he's arrested and, and crucified on Friday, okay? This is, this is right before Jesus is going to die. This is his last day on earth alive before the resurrection. And he institutes the Lord's Supper after they've partaken of the the Passover meal, that Old Testament uh, meal that they take. And then beginning in verse 3, it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father, his, his Father God, had given all things into His hands, that He had come forth from the Father and was going back to God, He got up from supper and laid aside His garments, and taking a towel, He girded Himself. So knowing everything that's about to happen to him, remember, Remember when we read earlier? or uh, what we talked about earlier, he's already told them this is what's about to happen. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. He, he knows very, very soon he's about to die. He gets up from supper after he's partaken of the Passover, instituted the Lord's Supper. And what does he do? He gets up, takes his up outer garments off, off and puts a, a towel on. Verse 5. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Again, m- many of us here are familiar with this. But let's remind ourselves, or if you're not familiar with this, you need to know, this was the lowest of the low. There wasn't a servant who was lower than the guy who washed people's feet. Okay? Uh, let's remind ourselves. They had open-toed sandals. They, they had, uh, you know, just, their, their feet are just filthy. They're walking on, on dirt paths at best. Uh, we don't know what the weather was like that day, but can you imagine what people's feet looked like when it had rained? These feet are Disgusting. And the the lowest of the low, the, the entry level, the guy you really didn't like that much who was your servant, he would be the one who would wash people's feet. And here's Jesus, the Son of God, who's about to die for all mankind. And he gets down and he washes dirty feet. And then he says in verse 12, after he's washed their feet, he said, so when, when they had washed their feet he, and taken his garments and reclaimed his spot at the table, he said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should also do as I did to you. Truly, truly, uh, uh, I say to you, a slave is no greater than his master. Nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You see, here's maybe where the rubber meets the road a little bit. Again, like I said, most of us here... We know in life, whether it's secular life, whether it's in, in our marriages, in our families, at our jobs, we know the importance of service. We know the benefits of service. We don't always like it. We don't always look forward to it. But, but we recognize, I think, I think, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong later, but I think we realize how important being a servant is and, and, and how important that is just for our community, for our world. But certainly as Christians, we recognize this. But notice again what he says in verse 18. He says, "If you, it's good if you know these things. Blessed are you if you what? Do them. We know it's important. Christians. We know it's important that we're servants. But he says, blessed are you if you do them. Again, Jesus, the greatest, gives us an example. And his example was to do what the lowest of the low was to do. And we're blessed if we follow it. Now, many are here who have been members here at JA for, for a long time, maybe. Uh, maybe this is your first time here, and, and, and you would maybe see just in this very brief overview of what Jesus has to say about service. Okay, service is important. What can I do? Well, let, let me tell you, there's all kinds of opportunities for you to be involved at service here at, at JA. Uh, we have a men's ministry, a ladies' ministry, we have children's ministry, we have Bible classes, uh, we have people who need to help us in, in worship, and, there, and there's, there's a lot going on, and there's a lot more that we want to do and there's a lot more that you're passionate about that we could do, but we need everyone to get on board. Here's, here's the point. Not every servant is a Christian. There are people in this world who are, are great servants and aren't followers of Jesus. But every Christian must be a servant. And I guess the gut check is this morning, and I, I, don't, I don't say this uh, to, to judge or to... Um, condemn anyone who wasn't able to be a part of this weekend with the Love Where You Live weekend. Again, I I hope it's so much more than a weekend. I hope this is a a catalyst for for service in our lives. But if you look at your life, are you a servant? Not every servant is a Christian, but every Christian must be a servant. And and I would argue that if you're not a servant in your life, then you're not following Jesus. Because remember what he said in in Matthew, right? For the, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. We have an opportunity every day to live for God and to serve others around us. There's no shortage of opportunities to serve people. Uh, You can ride up and down Jefferson Avenue and there's... People there who who need to be served. You can go into your house when you get home this afternoon and there's people in your home who need to be served. You'll go to work tomorrow or school tomorrow and there will be people who need to be served. People who are more fortunate than you, people who are less fortunate than you. Everybody needs some sort of service. And, and, And again, we are doing this not just to serve people, to meet their physical needs, but ultimately to strive to show them how much we love them and care about them so we can meet their spiritual needs. Because certainly everyone needs that. That's why Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many. This morning, are you a Christian? I could ask, are you a servant? And those are related questions. Christians, brothers and sisters, when's the last time that you did something that wasn't to your benefit to benefit other, someone else? When was the last time that you uh, set aside time or or maybe just had the opportunity and and took the opportunity to to help someone in the midst of their trial and their difficulty? There there can be great organized weekends or events like the Love Where You Live weekend, but we need to just see needs and meet needs. I love Acts chapter 4 when when Peter and John are going up to the temple and there's that guy who's begging there and he's asking for money and and they say, we don't have any money. But what I do have, I give to you. I I want in my life, and I would challenge you to want in your life, for that to be your attitude. Maybe you don't have money. Maybe you don't have time. Maybe you don't have energy. But whatever you do have to give to serve people, use that for their good and for God's glory. Pray with me, please. God, we come to you this morning uh, in the midst of a good weekend in the midst of an opportunity that we have had here as a congregation to, to organize and to think about and to focus on our community. Lord, we thank you for those perhaps uh, this morning who have joined us from our community, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and perhaps those who, who are not Christians yet, those who are not your followers. Lord, we pray that, that this will just be more than, than a sign-up sheet. This will be more than breaking some leaves or fixing some food or bringing in some supplies for babies Lord I, I pray that you will help us to have a, a stronger desire a change of heart if needed uh, to recognize and to look at and see those around us who are in need Lord it's, it's a lot easier to, to just go home and sit on our couches it's a lot easier to just focus on ourselves and the things that we need Lord I ask you in my life And the life of everyone here, to put something within us that we'll do more than that. And that when we see the needs around us, we'll do whatever we can to help meet those needs, God. Lord, we thank you for Jesus who came to this earth to be a servant for you and for us and for our benefit, God. And we pray that you'll help us to follow that example, to serve in even the lowest of ways. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. This morning, if you're not a Christian, again, Jesus came to this earth to serve God and to serve you for your good. He died paying the debt that you owed because of your sin or the times when you have failed to live up to God's perfect standard, which all of us have to and struggle with perhaps often. Uh, If you're not a Christian this morning, he, he died so that you could become one. If you believe that Jesus Christ is a resurrected son of God, you're willing to confess that with your mouth and show that with your actions and repentance. And that simply means... If there's something in your life that's not godly, you stop doing that and you seek godly things. You strive to follow the commands that God has given to us within the Bible. And if you want to be baptized into Christ, where all of your sins can be washed away, we're ready to help you do that. Danny, when he was baptized earlier this week, right after he was baptized, he said, I should have done that a long time ago. Is that you? This morning? Maybe you've known Jesus for a long time. Maybe you've sat through a whole lot of worship services. But for whatever reason, you haven't become a Christian. There's no better time than now. When we stand and sing this song here in just a second, if you want to walk down these aisles and come talk to me on this front pew and and declare your faithfulness and your desire for Jesus to be your Lord, uh, we'll baptize you into Christ right now and you can begin to walk in newness of life following Jesus towards heaven if you're a Christian and you know that you should be a servant because you do know that but you also know that you're not being a servant that's a sin if you're not being a servant as a Christian we're living in sin repent of that you need to make known that to us so that we can pray for you and help you we want to help you in that if you have any needs this morning you're welcome to come down as we stand and as we sing